Yo, yo, yo. Yo. All right. Today is November 20th, 2022. The day of the Lord, Sunday. <laughs> I'm here with David Chen. We converted to Catholicism yesterday. Yep. Yep. So we're just here. Cool. To... I uh, met the Pope. He's pretty dope. He touched uh. me. Yeah, that's just that's just kind of the uh just how it works. Yeah, that's what that's what being baptized is. Oh wait, give me, anyways, give me a second. Someone's else something. Sorry, yeah, someone knocked on my door. Are you still there? Whoa, what is this? Is that, I, I thought that was like a nice little song while we waited. Whoa, wait. What was that? That was uh, Air by Bach. Mm. It's an Evangelion. Wow. And they, they did like their own rendition of it, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah. I can't um, imagine. Dude, it's just like, that show is literally these, like, giant, like, humanoid robot things fighting to, like, Bach and, like, Beethoven and stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's just, like, actually incredible. Wow. Um, but, yeah. It's the yeah. 20th. It's the 20th. All jokes aside. Um, with David? Yeah. How's it, how's it going? Well, okay. I feel like you asked me that first last time, so I'll, I'll return the favor and let you kick off the bat of Cal. How is it going? It's good. I had like a pretty normal day. Yeah. Woke up and Leilani was like, let's go climbing. And I was like, hell yeah. And she even offered to take me there, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. And so she picked me up. And we drove over to Ironworks, which is like right on the bay. It's a little climbing gym. Uh, we climbed for an hour and Leilani was like really frustrated because like she just hasn't been making progress. And I've been like climbing through the grades super fast mm-hmm. so it's kind of rough um it's hard to and i bet you probably have experiences like playing tennis with me it's like doing participate like doing something with someone that's supposed to be good and then the person's frustrated mm. it's hard to navigate that situation yeah interesting you first know? of all fuck you for saying that's a normal day man what do you mean <laughs> that's a normal day you got to go climbing <laughs> what the uh, hell you were like yeah it's like a normal day you know i climbed half dome but like honestly <laughs> it was i don't know sorry I, this is kind of a joke but yeah anyways it's yeah because like no it was amazing it was a good I f- time i feel like if i were to describe a normal day it would be a day where like i don't do anything which is a bad day so i guess yeah mm. my normal day my i use normal by saying it was not good but uh, it seems like honestly you, dude yeah that's i i sometimes use that as well like when it when a day is normal, it's it's that's negative. Yeah, that's negative. Which makes um, sense. Right? But, you want every day to be extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, but I, like, no, nah, it was chill. It was chill. Okay. Like for me, normal means like, like calm and just normal. Ooh. You know, like I, nothing like blew me away. Like I didn't have an adrenaline rush or anything today. Yeah. But, but it was just like peaceful, and so the climbing was nice. Uh, I got to take you climbing so I can like tell you about the terminology and stuff. I mean, um, I think I can roughly know because I watch a lot of Alex Honnold, so like uh, yeah. I, I I hear a lot of that. Yeah. Personally, probably can't do it. My body weight to strength ratio is horrible. Like, uh, dude, I think I'm still limited to like thirty push-ups. Really? 
I don't think that's good though, especially with body weight stuff like calisthenics. I mean, hey, that's not bad at all. But like, I feel like if you wanted to get into like good shape, you could do it instantly. Mm. I don't know. To me, you've always been pretty much good at everything athletic related. I think. I mean, like, I, uh... <laughs> who else is like running from the fucking swimming pool to the tennis court like in their speedos still? <laughs> To be like number one on the swimming team and then number one on the tennis team in the same day. All right. So but I think tennis down. and swimming have have complementary. Ter- like wrestling, I fucking sucked at it. You know when I did like a week of that practice. Um, yeah, basketball. I, that ass. one's rough though. That one's rough. I'm at a massive basketball too. Yeah. yeah. But no, I I but do want to. Like, yeah. Uh huh. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I I, I do want to take your uh your point seriously about like uh the frustration because i mean i guess if i were to talk about like our test stuff for me at least like i'm i'm very sympathetic to your frustration like when that when mm. the shots aren't falling and i see you like getting visibly agitated agitated about it it's yeah. it's more like damn like i know how well he could be playing and how good he could be feeling right mm. now i wanted him i want to get him to that place right so like you know i'll hit shots to your forehand in a way that i know that you'll pick up pretty easily yeah or like we'll engage in our backhands in a rhythm um or just like in general just trying to say something that like it's like yeah hey man i know you're feeling it right now but let's just one shot at a time get through it but i can see what you mean by like the energy difference right and how like if two people are both like vibing it's like the vibes double right like you're like dude it's godly it's godly Godly. And I'm sure that's happened with you and Leilani too, right? Like it's not like no, for sure. We've had days where we're both just like hitting it, every problem that we've been like obsessed with for like a month, and we just like knock out four of them in one go, and we're just like <laughs> doing fucking handstands and cartwheels on the crash pads, and just like having a great time. Wow. But then other times, like I'm having like I'm hitting V fives and V sixes, which is like takes like two years to do that, and she's like stuck on V three, and just pissed off. And I'm trying to like say the right things, but the frustration sort of stems from a comparison she's making to my progress. Mm-hmm. So she's in, she like hasn't been climbing with me as much. Like she's oh. been climbing with like people who don't who like don't really take it that seriously and who don't like climb every day because it's just more relaxed. But I'm like, Leilani, like I do not care. You know, I just like I have this weird thing. I don't know if you do it too, David. But I take pride in being good at things quickly. Mm. Mm. And it's it's honestly problematic. For example, piano. I was like, I need to be good at this as fast as possible. Yeah. And I like literally rushed learning how to like read music and like Im- improvise. And like my year into it, and I feel like I'm very good. And I take pride in that. And then the same thing for climbing and tennis. I was like, oh, dude, I'm number one after one year. And like, I never, I would never say that to anyone, but like inside I have this weird pride about it. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. And I don't know if that's, if that's a good thing, you know, man, that's a, that's a deep cut, you know? Cause like, I'm trying to think back to the last, like the thing that I feel like I, I felt pride at, oh, wait, I have the perfect thing to, to relate to in this story. What? Because I'm playing Quidditch. Oh, yeah. How's that going? And, like, I felt so happy to, like... Look, I joined, like, eight weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm getting stuff from the coaches saying, like, you have the best arm in, like, the National League of Quidditch. Damn. Which is, like, like, like most of that's from water polo, right? And, like, I'm, I'm, like, with a fucking God-gifted arm or something like that. Yeah. Um, but like I feel great to be like, damn, I didn't I didn't need to go through like years of training to get to like a yeah. nationally ranked level. And suddenly I'm like perhaps top ten in my position nationally. Yeah. At the collegiate level. I'm like, that's that's pretty bad at, but like like then again, that's kinda like saying like, Oh yeah, I'm like the second best flute player in Wyoming. Like <laughs> ultimately, like, yeah, sure that title sounds dope, but like you're not really dealing with serious competition or you're not dealing with a scale that quote unquote matters. And so same yeah. thing here, like Quidditch just like always has been just like a club sport. Um, uh, 
And so, but then it feels cool to have a title, even if it doesn't mean as much. It's like, it's like, say, like, imagine if you said, imagine if a college came up to you and said, like, St. Mary's College in Montana mm. says, I can give you a PhD in two weeks if you study with us. Like, I'll get you that title. Like, you can call yourself a doctor. Imagine that. Like, yeah. two weeks yeah. in, you get your PhD. You can say that you have a PhD and you can have that doctor in front of your name. But it's from St. Mary's College in Montana, right? Yeah. I think t- I, I don't know if this is still relating to your climbing thing because I don't think that's the no, case. But- I think what you're doing in climbing is still like something like no matter what, it should take two years to get there, but it's not for you. It's taking much shorter. And yeah. so there's that kind of sense that like you have something that perhaps other people don't um, and then yeah. you have this kind of advantage and mm. feeling this level of kind of specialness, I think matters too but same thing for me right with quidditch like i did not need to put through serious effort yeah or sorry not serious i put in serious effort put in serious time to get exactly exactly yeah yeah and that's the bottom line is i just put like a lot of time into things that like other people don't and then i just get like really good at it and then i just feel it just makes me feel good I don't think that's a bad thing, right? I don't know. It it sort of just has been like where I've gathered a lot of confidence in life for a long time. Hmm. You know? Hello? Yeah. I know I see you. Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um yeah, I can. It's just like <sighs> I don't think I don't think it's problematic. I don't think I need to overthink it whatsoever. But well the one thing I will say is that I think for me as well, one of my toxic traits is like feeling like I, I feeling like I progressed quickly and then like like once that adrenaline is over and once I hit a plateau, giving up on it because the kind of like the, the main reason yeah. why I loved being part of this sport or this activity was yeah. because I got fast so I got good so fast. And then yep. once that didn't happen, I lose interest in it. Like, I think that's the only concern I would have. Yeah, no, I think you hit it on the fucking head right there. Like, I, I, I've i gone through so many phases with piano because of that. Like, I was, I was like, knocking down, like, Ravel and WC uh, pieces, like, six months, seven months into playing. Uh-huh. Like, after I went to Boston, I was like, okay, I need to get really fucking good at this. And I just grinded. And, um, and then... And then the progress just like slowed hard. Hmm. And I was like, fuck this. Like, this is so frustrating now. You know? Yeah. So. So did you like end up taking breaks on it? Like what, what were those phases? Yeah, like? I took breaks. I took breaks for sure. And, and and now I just like love piano. And that's the bottom line. I just have to like continue to um, just take like little progress and just be happy about that. You know? Just little well, things. I guess I have been thinking a lot about that because oh man i have this specific thought that i think relates to this but overall like man this would have been so relevant but i think in general doing something because you love the destination i think is never sustainable whereas doing something for the love of the journey to get there i think makes a lot more sense and i think i think okay this is i mean this is probably not the thing i was thinking about but like the thing that comes to mind is like careers right or like medical school i think a lot of people think of medical school and going into medicine as like i want to be this doctor at the end of all this and that's the destination but if they hate doing the science and doing the medical school and the studying and that and this by the time you reach that destination, you realize that that destination does not mean anything anymore because you had a journey to get there that was so filled with self-hatred and and pain and worthlessness that that the only thing that you ever loved about the destination was the fantasy that that it gave you. Yeah. Like of the fantasy of like let's say playing piano, like the fantasy of playing it perfectly in front of our friends. Literally, that's the fantasy, you know, right? And and but yeah. like falling in love with that destination, grinding yourself through that for that idea. Once you get there, you realize that all that pain 
wasn't equal to what you got to. Whereas if you love the journey, if you love the daily exploration of the piano and, and just being with it and being slow with it too, like what we said long time ago, I remember we were talking about like, don't find the answer, explore the questions of life. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, to fall in love with that exploration is much more sustainable than waiting for the answer to appear. Definitely. Definitely. And yeah. And sometimes the journey with piano is like, can sometimes be unbearable. Yeah. Like, uh, the exercises, it's what I should be grinding on. I should be focusing on techniques and just like transposing them across every key, um, to like get better improv. But man, it's really hard to like sit down and grind that shit out sometimes you know yeah yeah so i think i should only do it when i feel like i should and feel like i want to that's really yeah. the bottom line yeah and yeah. like giving yourself reason to to fall in love with those exercises in the first place because i think <laughs> i think for me if i if i were in a position where i had like more access to a piano because frankly like okay i'm i'm really like admiring of you to like go up to the piano and play because like for me like knowing the people here and like knowing how good they are I could never like go to go up to a piano in like a public space and play it. I, that's that's a toxic trait of mine because like uh, I feel like I'm yeah. not worthy of that piano or like don't want someone to listen mm. in and be like, oh, who's that trash ass dude? Because yeah. like, literally, it's... like this happened the other night where like I was hanging out with a friend in one of the other houses, Adams, and this guy just walks in and goes up to the piano and starts playing a concerto from Rachmaninoff. I think Rachmaninoff okay, number yeah. two concerto. Yeah, full on concerto. He okay. plays for like fifteen minutes. The concerto itself is like thirty minutes long, so he played yeah. almost the entire piano part and just left. And like, bro, what? Yeah, like. Anyway, so that's just a personal. No, aspect. totally. I totally get that. Like, it's it's really something that you can overcome. Like the the piano, the public piano barrier. Is like you can literally only overcome it by exposure therapy. Oh, okay. You just yeah, have to right. like sit there and just feel uncomfortable playing in front of people and just like expect them to not like it, you know? Mm, Which is why I like, and the, but I think for me, it's like I got past that fear because I learned playing in front of people. Like the only piano I had access to had foot traffic next to it. And that's when I was shitty. And like I'm still not great, but like when I literally could only play like, uh, Prelude in C by Bach. Uh-huh. Like I would be playing that in front of literally like fifty, like people my age that go to Berkeley walking oh, around the press. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely gotten over that like, that feeling. Um, and then I always just think like, man, I just love hearing everyone play the piano. Mm-hmm. Like I love giving up the seat and just hearing what like what people have to play. Yeah. And so I feel like some, I just assume that people feel the same way and would want to hear what I have to say when I get on it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I'm really curious to know your answer because I've been asking this around some people that I know and it's a hard question. So I'm curious to know what you think, but it's a, would you rather, would you rather be able to play every instrument in the world ever at a mastered level or be able to fly? Oh, that's a great question. Or be able to fly. I mean, I would I would literally just have to go with be able to fly. Really? Because like because you could like it is okay, it's not Okay, we're back. I'll have to send this in two different clips. Wait, but did you save it? Yeah, it's saved. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's chill. Okay, cool. That's it's saved. It's okay, you can just um, four clips. Yeah, yeah. Um so because flying is fucking impossible in this uh-huh. physical realm sure i gotta go you know but, but playing every instrument is it's not impossible but it's sort of impossible I, I, keep in mind at a mastered level like a world yeah, yeah, yeah. class level i would have to go with flying still because i would just like to fly around and just master the piano on my own time wow. i'm being honest that's fair yeah but see my thought mm-hmm. so i'm i'm sh- firmly in the music camp because like i'll, I'll accept the human incapacity incapability of not being able to fly short but like to be able to play every inch like for me that opens up every space of genuine connection and wonder like you can join jazz quartets you can join world-class orchestras you can you can play with 
with friends at a, with a guitar dancing around a fireplace. You can you can go to the most remote village in Madagascar <laughs> and play with a bone flute. You know, like whatever fucking you know whatever fucking musical instrument. Yeah. And because music is a universal universal language, I will suddenly be literate in every language of the world in a way. Yeah. Going to China and playing the Urhu. And with with the, the greatest masters there, and not knowing how to actually talk to them, but to talk to them through their instrument. Yeah, playing in marching bands, playing yeah, in flute ensembles. The, you'd be like the music Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, I'd I'd be able to justifiably travel the world, and connect with anyone, ever, without. No, that's fair. You that's know, fair. like that's my that like, like I don't think flying would get like to me flying is 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 the, is a lonely choice because you're the only person who can ever do that like you will be alone in the sky you know sounds quite quite, quite nice though it does I mean, like, like i think it's way more easy to find moments to be lonely other ways than moments true, to true. connect with every person on the planet yeah yeah would that also guarantee financial success like if you could play every instrument yeah, guarantee. Well, I mean, you can also guarantee financial <laughs> success from fucking flying because you'd be <laughs> literally the only person who can do that. Yeah, like, what would I? How could I make that into like a lucrative thing? Like, okay, the fucking important documents, packages, or what? No, no, you, you can. I mean, you'll get shot down from the sky pretty easily. But <laughs> like, my first thought was like, oh, well, you can be like a circus act, but like that won't get you a lot of money. Um, you could honestly, would you be able to earn that much money from being able to fly? That's what I'm thinking. It's like I don't know if that's even a skill that. Ooh, a photographer. Would, would get you that far. I mean, like you would be world name. famous, obviously. And yeah. People would probably worship you. You could start a cult. Oh, oh, ooh, that's the right answer. Actually, you'll be a religious figure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if anyone. Be, yeah. If anyone did something that is just impossible, instantly, people would, would just be, like yeah. assume that you were like the messiah. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I think you'd be you'd have yeah. a good job being a hero, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely. Right, like saving people from like difficult to reach places because you can fucking fly. Um, yeah, yeah. It's crazy that like superheroes also. are just bullshit, though. Right, I, I, I never thought about yeah. it. I did see but it. Literally, you're just out here beating up like poor people <laughs> that are like trying to like get money to live. Wait, 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 wait. Who are you talking about? Every superhero ever that beats up criminals. Oh, is just beating oh, up people. Oh, oh. <laughs> Damn, that's one way to put it. Yeah, honestly. Damn. Yeah, I never yeah. thought about it that way, but yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, wow. I don't know where I was talking about my day, but like I have something exciting going on tomorrow. Yeah. I'm looking for a new, uh, I'm looking at a new place to live. Okay. Um, I don't know. If I told you, but like my current landlord is kind of insane. Um, you alluded to it, but you definitely did yeah. not give me more context. But I remember you, your like first impressions of her was good. So I'm wondering what changed. Was was was, was good, then was, bad, yeah. um, and then now really bad because she she likes to yell, and I yell. really don't like being yelled at. Oh, yeah, like like if she, her form of communication, if she's even slightly frustrated, is just full on yelling. And um and name calling and bullying honestly, mm. and like she literally scared away pretty much everyone in the house already, and now she can't afford the house because she scared everyone away, and now she's selling it, so now I'm getting evicted, which is like fuck, you know. Huh. It's unfortunate. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, um, was this just not something you picked up when you first met her? Like, this was something she later on kind of revealed was her personality? Totally. Like, she was very laid back and chill. I was sort of, like, obviously hoping th that she was going to be amazing, too. And I sort of just told myself because I was, like, exiting a shitty situation just trying to find anything. So I was just like, oh, this will be great. This will be great. Because it's not what I'm currently, what I currently have. Yeah. Oh. Which was, Mar which was Marcos, you know. Good and, point. Um, and so, yeah, I found myself here. And it's been okay. But at the end of the day, like, when I get yelled at, I get, like, shaky. Yeah. Like, even though, like, I guess it's just because, like, I associate getting yelled at with 
just fighting in like fight or flight you know yeah yeah. like with my brother and dad particularly and like um when when you're yelling at people like i just don't know like you just can't do that you just can't raise your voice at someone you know because like you don't know what the fuck people have gone through like you're going to get punched in the face you know Mm. like if i wasn't such like a like a if I wasn't able to restrain myself and like understand my emotions, like that shit was, shit would be triggering, honestly. <laughs> um, but anyways, so yeah, I'm I'm checking out. I was I was at the gelato shop yesterday, and my friend, you met Jacob. Uh, w- which one? Jacob is the dude, kind of light skin. You met him. We went to like Derby House, and you like talked to him about like racism. Remember that? It was just me, you, and Jacob. Wait, yeah, at, yeah, at okay, okay, I, I'm so stupid. Yeah, I remember this now. I remember this now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, I ran into Jacob at uh, at the gelato shop. Uh-huh. And uh, he, they, sorry, fuck. Um, they introduced me to their friend, Sophia, who just happened to be looking for a place to live at the same time as me. And so we like talked for an hour at the gelato shop. And I like really got to know her. And then her budget is like the same as mine. <laughs> and I already have an apartment tour lined up. That's a two oh. bedroom. And she's going to come with me tomorrow. Oh my and God. And she's super serious about this. And dude, let me tell you, David, it's like a little tiny blue Victorian cottage in next to a park. Um, oh. A few blocks from where I'm living right now. Oh, and we have the whole thing to ourselves. Kitchen. How's the kitchen? Kitchen's fire. It, oh. It's not, it doesn't got an island, but it's got like a nice like, bur- like gas stove, huge fridge bathroom's kind of small but the rooms are big and like it's like the windows that's the important thing lots of windows yeah bro how so, the fuck we, do you find these places man god damn i'm grinding dude oh. i'm on craigslist refreshing like every hour like craigslist is like the new youtube instagram now that i deleted <laughs> it like i just that's like my obsessive swiping app right now <laughs> craigslist craigslist i'm like looking for speakers amps keyboards synths rooms just because like you never know when you find the the deal of a lifetime you know and like you can set it to free and then the free shit on there is insane like people just give away like a vintage like film camera collection like the entire thing mint condition just because like no one bought it at their estate sale or something wow yeah um but anyways i just really hope this works out because if i have learned one thing from being in berkeley for how long I've been living here a year and a half is that having a peaceful fucking home is the only way you can grow. One of the only ways you can grow. Like if you don't have that foundation, like you, it will stunt your, your emotional growth. Wow. You need it. You need it. And like, I'm just longing for that dude. I've been longing for it for a while. Like since the Marcos thing broke out and, since I had to like move three separate times, getting evicted twice, like I just want to have a year lease at a place with someone else who is just normal, who isn't yelling at me, who isn't sexually harassing me, Jeez, who isn't yeah. trying to steal my money, you yeah. know? A very high bar, like, I just, for sure. <laughs> I just like, the is in the core of the fucking earth right now. <laughs> it's so unbelievably low. I literally told her that. I was like, hey, dude. I, if you can clean your dishes within a week and not sexually harass me, I think we'll get along very well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, I just like, every time I go home now, I just miss being able to like walk in the kitchen, you know? Mm. Like I seriously get nervous walking to the kitchen. Jesus. Um, yeah. And I, and I miss just like fucking nonchalant walking in there in my underwear and just fucking grabbing something out the fridge and munching on it you know yeah so um yeah you're not asking for much you know like i, I, I hope you know that, like, not. these are not you know serious demands <laughs> what you're asking for <laughs> yeah yeah i know and then um and then i just grinded grinded hard today like on school i oh. did uh pretty much finished up my statistics class uh which was really nice and um so now i only got i had to secure two more a's and then the year is over i mean the yeah the year is over so that'll be 
That'll be nice. Proud of you, man. That down. Yeah. So I give up the floor. I really want to hear what's going on in your life. Yeah. Man. Man. I mean, so, okay. So today was good. By all honesty, it was good. I did not do a second of work or school. So, like, you saying that you spent some good time grinding on school. Uh, yeah, it definitely inspires me to to get back to it after this podcast. But For sure, for sure. This morning, I woke up really late. I just slept. Uh, I have this bad habit now that I really need to curb is that, like, I'll wake up at a pretty reasonable hour like, at, like, 8 or 7.30. But then I'll put on a podcast and fall back asleep until, like, 10. Which is, like, so pointless. Because those last two hours is, like... It's like, it's like, it's filling up a f- cup that's already full. So you're putting mm. in more water, but it just spills over, you know? Mm. And so like, ultimately those two hours are quite literally in the best way, in the in the best way to describe wasted. Um, so like, I kind of felt like shit doing that. And um, I did have like a moment of serendipity though. Like, not serendipity, but of like good vibes when I woke up and like, when I actually did wake up, I showered, uh, cleaned up my room, did started laundry. This is important. Started laundry, uh, like get, got them washed, uh, and then like as I was doing the, I was like uh, listening to a podcast that I think you would find really fascinating. I'll send it to you. It's this guy who's a financial um, economist who mm. went on like this ocean trip and wanted to see a blue whale. And the guy was like, I don't think you'll see a blue whale. There's just two rare now where, I mean, hunt work. They're killing them off into extinction. There's only like 300 of them in the entire world anyways. So like, he was just so sad by that. And he was like, I want people to value these blue whales more. But like, how could I, how could I help these blue whales in the way that I know? And as a financial economist, um, economist, he was like, well, I'll do this. I know that the world ultimately is based on the language of dollars and cents. As much as we may not want that to be the case, it is. So if I can do anything, it is for me to show the value, actually show the value of a blue whale in terms of money, a living blue whale. Because right now, every world economy treats a live whale as zero dollars. It's worth zero dollars. Right? Yeah. Um, Only when it's dead, maybe, like you'll sell off the blubber. Like that would be the value of a dead whale. So him, he he crunched the numbers. He was like, well, how much does a blue whale sequester the carbon? Turns out it's a shit ton, quite literally, because the way it shits, it like sequesters carbon that it eats that goes to the ocean floor. And it will yeah. most likely stay there for thousands of years. So it literally sequesters carbon by the, the I think, the megatons number. Wow. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, yearly, yearly per blue whale and so he said crunching all the numbers a live blue whale is worth three million dollars and then he did the same thing with elephants an african elephant is worth 2.6 million dollars based off carbon sequestration alone which and he said this like obviously that's like discounting a lot of the other benefits that it has and frankly Mm. you can kind of start to see like it would be almost impossible to calculate the dollar amount that an elephant would be worth because yes, it sequesters carbon, but also it maintains ecosystems. It also terraforms. It also does so bunch, a ton of things that you could theoretically add value up, but it would be millions of dollars technically. Not to even say like just like enjoying an elephant. Like you can't even put a fucking well, yeah. Just like just like knowing that one exists too. Yeah, I don't even yeah. though you put value on that alone. Well, you I don't know? think you should. And and I had like that kind of back of the head feeling like i don't know if i can agree with what he's trying to do because like by giving it a dollar value you're inherently suggesting or at least re reifying that dollars have the authority to to assign value Mm, right so that's something i think about a lot it's like so many times like i feel like we just play into the like capitalist Mm. system just because it like makes it easier to understand because it's all that anybody really understands you but know here's my take though is that like understanding is so fucking overrated now or i don't think understanding is a good point 
thinking that you know something. Yeah. Understanding, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, is that you can understand that there's something greater than us. Sure. But you can't know it. I think human hubris to think that we can absolutely know something. We know the fucking elements of this world. Fuck nature, mm. we conquered you. You know? I mean, you see that in movies, right? Like, oh, yeah, we conquered nature and stuff. This idea of conquering and knowing, it's it just has a bad taste in your mouth. But I think, yeah. going to what you're saying, right? Like, I don't think capitalism lets us know. Well, it, it, I don't think it lets us understand. It just abstracts everything to a to a common level of dollar concept so that we can under we can quote unquote know the world in a in a less complex way right mm. oh oh human interactions is not the really complex richness of friendship family betrayal love care no, no. it's a million bucks no it's a, <laughs> yeah it's three hundred thousand dollars for divorce or twenty five thousand dollars for child custody or this amount of money for that or or uh, this amount of money for abortion all of that is a money amount and all money does you know of course if we're bringing marks into things is to be able to remove the labor that it takes f- to make the product it removes yeah. the work it removes the, the substance from from materiality so that it can be yeah. converted to other things anyways that's a way too long of a rant but yeah no I but totally totally yeah. No, totally. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, that was a long tangent on that podcast. But like, to me, I was like, wow. When I'm in a state where I feel like I'm having epiphanies, that's the state where I feel like I'm happiest in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, no, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And and so I was reading. So I did my laundry, listened to this podcast, and then I sh- sat down for a short time reading this book about... <laughs> about this woman who was bedridden and wrote a memoir while she was bedridden about watching a snail for months that was living on her flower that a person donated to her to for like warm wishes. And that's what she did. She just looked at the snail for days on end, weeks, months while she was bedridden. And the snail had like made a home out of this flower on her bedside. And the title of the book is called The Sound of a Snail Eating. Because that's what she heard in the absolute silence of her room. She could literally hear a snail eating. That's insane. And so anyways, like, as I was reading that book, just feeling good about, like, wonder, you know, wonder and epiphany. That's what gives you a good mindset, I think. But then I got on Instagram and I wasted hours. Um, yeah, me too. I fucked up today. Fucked up. How? For how? How? how, how I, what was it like? I was doing great. I didn't touch my phone until five p.m. Yeah. And then, um, and then I got home, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna. I've been, I've been messing around with my drum. Did I tell you I got a drum machine? Oh, I think yeah, you you definitely did. Yeah. yeah, I got a drum machine, and I've been like sampling some of my favorite drum sounds. So like, there's like this um. There's a symbol uh, sound in um, a Daft Punk song that I've been like trying to rip and isolate using like Audacity. And I was like, oh, that's what I'll finish. I'll finish like isolating the drum sounds and like transferring them over. And I actually really enjoy doing that. And then I just fucking went on YouTube shorts. Dude, that's been the new one for me. Dude, yes. Same here. That bro. shit is fucked up. And you, what's really fucked up about it is it, it, it brings me to like Andrew Tate content yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Yep. I don't understand like this whole fucking like masculine YouTube shorts algorithm is insane. The shit they feed you on that. Like it's literally like, whoa, Kanye woke and like some fire emojis. And it's literally him just like going on an anti-Semitic rant. And then all the comments are like, he's his third eye is opened. His third eye is open. Yeah. One of the comments, well, one of the, one of the, the YouTube shorts that always happens is like, like a few guys surrounded by like six girls at a podcast studio or something like that. Yes, and the guy, yes, and the yes. guy would be like saying some really generalized theory of like how men are and how women are. And the women will try to argue back and the guy would just quote unquote demolish her with facts and logic, which is really just like misogyny in a debate form. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's like, just oh, that. but it's I'll die that. for you. You have to cook me dinner. I'll fucking die for you. Like the yeah, robber came right. right now. 
could I would die. So that means can you at least cook me dinner? Um, right. Oh. It, it, it's insane, David. Is like I feel like this, there's a, almost a, like a resurgence of like 2016 yeah. like um, own a feminist going on in these like well, shorts. Yeah. Uh, do you know about like Jordan Peterson and you know? Of course, I think that all is lumped into the same category of content. Like Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, Andrew Tate, all of that stuff. It, to me, caters to the same audience. Yeah, well, so I think Jordan Peterson, I think, is addressing an issue that is really relevant. The way he's doing it, I think, is less so. But I think there is an issue of, like, male loneliness, wouldn't you say? I completely agree. I I, I fucking agree. I think, like, American culture is... I mean, okay, even before we had this issue, there was still an issue. And it's, like, the only way, like, men felt fulfilled or pride is like providing for a family through like physical labor. Right. And now that there isn't a need for that, there's just no purpose at all. Yeah. And we're sort of like in need of redefining what that is, you know? I think um, but so. it hasn't happened yet. And we're kind of in limbo. Yeah, I, I generally wonder what the the scale of male loneliness is, you know? And and I think it is pretty profound. And I think these these people like Andrew Tate tapped into something that Donald Trump tapped into in 2016, this idea that you are, you don't feel happy in this world or that you don't feel mm. complete or fulfilled or, or belonging. So you have this sense, you have this hatred. You just don't have a place to put it. You don't, you can't explain where, why you are this lonely or why you feel this way. And when yeah. someone comes along and gives this extraordinarily easy to understand answer that it's the immigrants or that men must be strong to like fuck women. Yeah. It gives these like very enticing narratives that don't even need evidence to make it sound believable. It just yeah. needs to have the bare bone logic behind it. Sound articulate, like sound, sound articulated, articulate sound, sound yeah. sure of yourself. That's what Andrew Tate does well. Yeah, yeah. And, and like that, that will capture your imagination on like anything. You'll latch yeah, onto yeah. it. You'll believe in it so hard that your livelihood depends on it. And there yeah. you go. So, but the yeah. the crazy thing is like the the popularity that these people have is insane. Like Andrew Tate passed up literally everybody in Google yeah. searches a few months ago. Yeah. Like actually like Jesus Christ, the Pope and <laughs> Donald Trump combined. Yeah. Like I'm not kidding. Like he was the most like talked about thing on the internet for an entire month. And to me it's a it's a bit terrifying because like living in Berkeley, I'm so far removed from just like the idea of masculinity. Oh interesting. That I because dude, it's really like straight men, if you're not in a frat, you're kind of just like invisible. Just like probably have a small friend group and don't go out on the weekend. Wait, really? Like literally. Not kidding. Like the I need to see statistics on this, but I mean, here's the th oh goodness, I must unplug myself. I have one straight friend, one straight male friend now. That Jacob. I mean that um that uh Ethan is no longer my friend. Nathan, that's it. That's all. Huh. Jacob does not identify as a male. Leilani's obviously not a male. Emma, like all of my friends are either females or gay men oh. or non-binary people. But like straight male? No. One, Nathan. That's it. Literally. That is all. Yeah. Wait, and, and um, do you mind me asking like how you identify? How do I? Uh, I tell people I'm a straight male, even though I'm like, I would consider myself bi-curious. You know, like okay. I, I definitely f feel attracted to men, yeah. but it, those feelings are sometimes just too ambiguous. And, and I'm so unsure that it would just be like queer baiting and I'd be putting someone in like a compromised position oh, if okay. I did tell them, you know, oh, like oh, interesting. I, I can't tell if I'm just like, if I admire you so much that I'm convincing myself that I'm attracted to you. Like, do mm -hmm. I just love your soul this much? Do I just want to be you? <laughs> like, am I just like so envious of you that this is attraction now? um interesting yeah 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 but um so yeah I, I also kind of find myself in a weird spot um when i think of that and like actually can we just talk about this too like 
is it important to have like male friends? Like, are we past that? Can I say that I want male friends? Because I don't really have any. I have been thinking about this a lot too, because I think I act very differently around friends who are female than friends who are male. And I noticed myself like, I feel like I would be in a state of like more, like exuding more confidence and like trying to low key, like set myself in a position of like notability or, or, or like just, I'll, I'll just put it up, like, like up, uh, upping, uh, one upping them, right? Uh, one upping uh, them, yeah. or like setting myself in a position where like, I feel like I'm comparable to. Whereas, like with my friends who are female uh, or women, uh, it's more vulnerable. It's just a, totally. I feel more vulnerable. I, I I speak with more vulnerability in mind. But see, what I think, and I told you this before about like friends like Chelsea, is like I don't know, and I hope it's not the case, and I wish it not to be true. That like yeah. some of this vulnerability is simply because I want to attract them. Yeah. Um, totally. And I don't know. I don't know how to navigate that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Um, and it's like I I want to make more male friends, but I I, I literally like can't for some reason. Mm. Like I can't. Like I was at Thorson last night. Great fucking place to have to party. You know, two nights ago I was at Thorson. Um, it's a it's a frat that it became a co-op and um, has like this beautiful building, but like all of the people are like musicians and they're like not like toxic males whatsoever. So it's it, it ha- it's like a fratty, but in like a co-op way, if that makes any sense. Um, mm. And they were, they were playing like they had like four bands on. It was a great night. I, I literally like saw two people that I was sure identified as male. Two. The rest, I, I literally couldn't be sure. Not kidding. Hmm. Which, I don't know. I think I should just not care, you know, and just be friends with, like, whoever. So. But I, I do, there are, like, aspects of, like, male friend groups that I do miss. Like you know? it, It's hard to explain. Um, well, yeah, actually, if we think about it, like, the evolution of our friend groups. Like, in middle school versus high school versus now. In middle school, yeah. I pretty much had all male friends. From being yeah, honest, yeah, me too, me too. Right? Yeah, it wasn't until sophomore year that I was like hanging out with oh like, yeah females uh, in my friend group on a on a more, daily basis. More basis. Yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, in high school, does, does is, it? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, so I Go was ahead. gonna say like, um, I don't think I made any friends in high school besides, frankly, you pretty much that I can call like a close friend. Like everyone was mm. my acquaintance. So I think there's a big caveat for me, but I think if I were to make good friends, it would be with women more. Yeah, me but too. I, I'm me so too. scared that like part of it is simply because like I'm either inherently more attracted to them or that like their validation means more to me than it would from a, a guy. That's exactly it. You hit it on the head. Like, yeah. literally, that is exactly it. And and I, I have had to deal with this on multiple occasions where, like, the glue to our relationship was the fact that there was, like, a prospect of romance. Oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty yeah. much on the, on the head, that's, too. That, that's why Taylor and I's relationship fell apart for a bit. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, because I never properly communicated that I just wanted friendship and and it's completely my fault like i totally just rode that whole relationship along having it be as ambiguous and confusing as possible for taylor because like we had this love for each other and i i wish it could have just been this honest friendship but the glue all along was this prospect of a relationship slash romance um and and so leilani what was great about Leilani is we shut that idea down like Get two off. weeks into our literally two weeks, but, but it's definitely not the same as it like, like our relationship, like, like Taylor and I could literally like swap spit and it like was whatever, you know? Um, that's a good way to put it. That's not something I do with Leilani. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> wait, what? He kept wait, saying, no, I wait. Well, like, what? Like, 
like the relationship taylor and i had it was like both a friendship very much a friendship but there was literally like no boundaries basically uh oh well yeah i mean you guys would basically like sleep together right yeah yeah um which is beautiful by the way i wish i could i get i could do that frankly like (laughs) i just i've never been able to to do something like that and i don't know if it's something that i want to do again like i don't know if that's like okay I'm sure it was so confusing. Maybe not for you, but probably for her, right? Well, that was weird because she she also was like, yeah, this is amazing the whole time and being like, yes, like I know we're friends, but we're also just like boundary-free, like borderline related relationship, romantic relationship at the same time. Yeah. Um, Wait, so I'm curious for you, like what part of the ro- romantic relationship did you not want? Because like, by effect, you were living the lives of someone in a relationship, but like, what what part of it did you feel like you couldn't live with? Well, it was the commitment. Mm. It was the commitment. I mean, like, I we did everything besides commit to one another in a loyal way. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh. Literally. We did everything. Like we we had sex. We slept in the same bed. We hung out. Like she'd stay five nights in a row at my at my house. Like it would literally feel as if we were moved in together sometimes. Um, oh, we'd go on trips. I'd met her family. She met my family, my parents. She she could just walk in the house, get stuff for me before she went to Berkeley. She knows the code to our garage. Like she was my girlfriend, literally. Yeah, but it was the commitment that it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and 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 um, you just can't do that bullshit. Like I I just you can't. Like, I don't think you can like someone. I just think someone can get hurt badly. Like, unless you can communicate that with 100% precision and both people are on the same page and no one feels like they're just doing it because it's the right thing to do, but because like they're both emotionally there, then it's possible. Perhaps. I don't know. That's a tough ask. That's literally. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. That would just be like fucked up. Like, yeah, I see. There's some things to me that just like. Is loyalty important, David? Like, what is loyalty? Oh, man, bro. I've been. Th- well, obviously, I've been <laughs> going through that fucking question because, know. you know, how, how it went this summer. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, well, um, what is loyalty? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here, here's why I thought that what you and Taylor had could work. Because I very much want to believe that it could work. Because I, 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 deep down and inside of my belly, I wanted to believe in the idea. Oh, bro, I'm going to bring, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring it back to Joaquin Phoenix's movie. Uh, wait, fuck. What was it called again? The, the one about love and like, falling in love with an ai red or, or, or what was it what was the name of her it? her yeah. right yeah her yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna bring that right like that moment when he realized that this love that he experienced with this ai that that felt so real and yeah. the best type of love that he ever felt was someone that he never even fucking touched i mean sure like jacked off with but like like never <laughs> physically touched or made eye contact with just from a fucking voice yeah and that was the best love you ever experienced and then the moment that she revealed she were it revealed that she was doing this exact same thing well maybe not the exact same thing but things of the same depth yeah with thousands of other people you suddenly i like i felt it in on his behalf you feel insignificant yeah you feel like you feel like this entire universe of feeling that you felt with this person or this thing you thought that was as big as infinity and yet you can do that with anyone or thousands of people you're suddenly like oh shit well what i'm experiencing is just that could happen to anyone and so so like what does that stem from? Is it is it okay to feel that way or is that rooted in insecurity and you should just work on that? That's the question, right? I think that's the question of loyalty too. Is like what do you want out of this loyalty? Is it is it the sake of ownership? 
right? That you own this person's commitment. You own it like someone's contract. I, that's hard. That's hard for me to believe in. That's hard for me to say that I, that's why I said this to Anna of like, you, as long as you do it out of love, it won't hurt me. You should follow those threads of love as you see fit. And ultimately, yeah, it did come back to bite me, but it's hard. It's hard for me to, to call loyalty something that is based off of, frankly, an insecure instinct for ownership. Mm. So I don't know. I but but then like I can literally hear Andrew Tate's voice saying like, "Oh, it's biological that like guys <laughs> want girls who are loyal so that they know that the babies that they have is for sure his." Like you, you know, you hear that common trope of like oh, yeah, guys get the, the the fear of the worst fear of any man is raising a kid for eighteen years and realizing it's not his own. First of all, that's fucking false. Like if I raise the kid for 18 years and loved him absolutely which I will ups, love him absolutely and and raise him to be the to be the person he is and suddenly yeah. realize that, oh oh no half of his dna is not mine oh no i'm going to i hate this person i hate this kid now fuck you for saying that man i i that was that thing pissed me off so much when i heard it like that is not the worst fear you are mm. you you sir are a horrible father period <laughs> if that's what you think yeah um, yeah so anyway, anyways, that's my little rant. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So so the, so we're still not sure. I'm not. Yeah, but what, we're still not sure. What would be your instinct to say? I don't know. I think it's like. <sighs> I mean, my instinct, my feelings are like yes. At this point in my life, I don't want. I I don't want to um, to be in an open relationship. You know, for me, I just don't have the energy to, to really feel that kind of depth with more than one person. Like one is like, that is enough for me at least. And I, Ooh, it's just the way that is. Yeah. Um, and see, but yeah. Yeah. And then there is that aspect of like, I do want this to be special and I do want this to be like sacred between just me and someone else. Um, and is that just a belief I can have? Like, do I have to overthink that? Do I have to subscribe to like some like overly progressive view because it's the right thing to do and because it like logically makes more sense and that I know that it's rooted in security? You know what? I think I think what you said there gave me a lot of clarity of like open relationships and stuff. If you love someone so completely that you dedicate all your energy towards, you don't have a room for someone else. Exactly. And if you feel like you have room for an open relationship, that just meant that you didn't love that person f- first enough no and and yeah. i think that's just that's just how that works and and i think yeah the human soul has so much has only the enough capacity to genuinely deeply love someone once like one person and i think yeah because like the reason why i'm coming to this conclusion is because i realized like loyalty for me the the time it will matter the most to me is parenthood. Like that's the part where like I need two people who can collaborate and love each other in a very, very, very deep way in order to raise a child, like a whole ass third fucking human being. You need two people who are dedicated to each other, who can understand and know each other, who can put aside themselves for the sake of this new person that they're co-creating with. Like yeah, that's where loyalty to me matters. Yeah, and then and then of course, I I feel like an open relationship. Okay, yeah. Here's here here's the here's the take. Yeah. If if a uh what is it monogamous relationship is rooted in insecurity, then an open relationship is rooted in the idea that something better is waiting. Or and, and you're just waiting for an opera. Yeah. Something something else is out there. Maybe not and and that's better. just as fucked up. Yeah. That is just as fucked up. Like if you're if you're not willing to commit, there's a lack of confidence there and a lack of like like, oh, I can commit to this. You have commitment issues, in my opinion. 
I mean, not, and that, that doesn't go for everyone, but that would, that was what I was thinking when I was in an open relationship. It was just rooted in commitment issues. It wasn't rooted in me being like, I was telling myself that it had to do with like, oh, like I'm just this next level, like emotionally mature person who like could handle this. Like, yeah, like it's just a construct. Commitment's not even real. But deep down inside it was because I was just too scared to commit to a relationship because I thought I could, I could get something different and get something new and better and exciting. You know? Oh. I don't know if you've ever felt that. <sighs> well, I mean, obviously, this is now making me think a lot about my relationship, obviously, but <sighs> I don't know, man. This might yeah, have like... to be something that I talk to you off podcast, but yeah, this for is sure. obviously bringing up a lot of questions for me. Yeah. Um, we've been recording for a while, haven't we? How long? I, I don't, I can't see it. How, how long has it been? It's we got an 18 minute recording and a 41 minute recording. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah. Um. Damn. Yeah. We haven't really. We we've come up with a lot of great questions. I feel like we didn't have any great answers, but great questions are are amazing too. Yeah. You know. And here's the thing: those answers will come up when we're on LSD for sure. <laughs> like that's that's just, bro. The answers I got for life. While I was on that shit in the mountains, yeah, dude, that it really gives you clarity. It really does. Yeah. I don't know how or the mechanism, but it really clears things up. So, yeah. I think that when, when we're when we're frolicking on the black sand beaches right. oh, of the California God. coast, and then going in for a warm, hearty stew and reading via firelight. Shit! All right, bro, I can't take this. This is. <laughs> oh my god oh god <laughs> um can we can we lock that room that cabin down yeah i think can i just can. venmo can i just venmo request you for the 20 and the 22nd yeah 20 through the 22nd yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you can re- okay. request it right. man i need those three fucking days dude yeah that, those three days are what my 20, 20 years of existence have led up to, frankly. <laughs> when you're fucking Even describing it, so honestly, I don't care. Like, I, I just want to lay there. I just want to fucking lay there. I want to hear a snail fucking eat. Chewy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. This is. Hear a fucking ant eat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Literally. Oh, dude, like, I'll tell you, like, to be able to hear the ocean. Like, when I was in the forest, right, and I would close my eyes, I can physically visualize the sound of the wind going through the forest. Like, I almost imagine it, like, you know, like, imagine, like, a ghost going through, like, sheets, and, like, you can see, like, the pattern of its movement. I could literally see the wind in my mind as I close my eyes. See the wind travel, like, like, through the leaves. Hear the power of an ocean crashing rhythmically every few seconds and feeling that pounding energy driven by the moon and by the earth and by the water dude life will be revealed i think so yeah i think i think um we need to buy some like some like really loose like tunic thing i don't don't even want to wear like fucking waistbands i I want to be warm there that's oh, gonna be freezing fucking cold. Yeah, I, um, I think I think more clothes is better than less. You're right. You're right. But like, what would what would be like jumping into freezing cold water no, on acid? No, would no, that be no, cool that'd thing. be awful? Yeah. Because okay, so okay. the thing is with this is that like you're vulnerable. You you're mm. you're you have no more in you lose all boundaries, all social cues. So you're raw. You feel raw. And so like uh-huh. even like drinking water, to be honest, you're like. And like exposing your neck, like all these small movements, you're like, wow, I am, I am really raw. I can't imagine being naked, let alone in the freezing water. Yeah. Like you're going to get enough stimulation from even smelling the ocean, let alone seeing okay. it, let alone okay, okay. hearing yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure like dipping toes in, I just, and also like primordial fears will also come up probably of like the darkness and like being swept away. That oh. I think I don't think we need to deal with. 
Okay, yeah, okay, for sure. But, like, you don't know how fucking excited I am for this. And apparently it is, like, like, because we're going to be there for three days. Like, there there are other cabins in this little, like, Airbnb community. And we'll probably run into cool people. Oh, yeah. We can meet. Um, But then, like, one day is just fucking... Like, I want to abandon language at some point. And just literally <laughs> be, like, crawling on this fucking beach with you. Dude, that's actually just, what... Like, that's actually what we talked about a bit, like, with me and uh, Brian when we were, like... Because I was very much still in language, right? I wanted to describe everything I was feeling with language. And at one point, Brian was like, bro, shut up. You know, like, you're talking English, something that was invented a couple hundred yeah. years ago to try yeah. and explain the beauty of moss. Like, no, it's shut a, it's up, a futile, you know? It is a futile attempt to melt your AT field at the end of the day. Oh, that's so, a good like, way to put it. Yeah. Like, you literally... You can you can get close and it's it can sometimes you can hit it just right and get a glimpse of what it's like to not have an AT field. You know, you can see a glimmer when you when you write the perfect poem or or have the perfect sentence, but Yeah. You have to abandon language entirely at some point. You know. But but I think it's a combination of all medians, you know. I don't I don't think you need to hate on language. Just because language is quite technical. Yeah. It's it, it gets hated on, you know what I mean? And like music is more like ooh. ooh they're all beautiful you know yeah. but it'd be dope if we literally were just spazzing the fuck out and 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 having a great time on a black sand beach when we're high on acid and then just dude i just want to run back and be like oh our fucking stew is ready it's been on the stove for fucking two hours and it's amazing and we get a fucking bowl and we sit there and just have our warm stew while we watch the sunset in the woods and we don't have to do shit dude we did all our work yeah. everything's done everything's done okay Dude, you know, I, I like cried over just like a bowl of broth. I was like crying like a baby because I was like thinking of like, I was thinking, this is my, this is literally the type of thought you get. I was looking at the broth and I was like, I literally had like in my mind, every dish my mom has ever cooked for me ever run through me like film. And I like became extraordinarily shit. grateful that like she built this body to be able to hike this mountain today every slice of her knife every stir of the pot and every spoonful of food she fed me built up this body bone muscle fiber to be able to hike this mountain today and like that gratitude is the easiest thing to cry off of i think when you're in this state not like sadness or like nostalgia it's gratitude yeah 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 anyways i'm hyping this up but it's gonna be awesome cool okay all right Right. Well, this is uh, this is kind of how David and Cal were feeling on <laughs> November twentieth, twenty twenty two, Sunday. 